Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and once again, I'm your host for the day. Um, I've been excited to get to this point of our podcast. So far, we've already been able to interview the Lumps, Rich Brito, Don and Lisa Williams. And this past Sunday, we were able to celebrate as a church, and it was super exciting hearing from the Richardsons, being able to see all the lovely faces out there. Really appreciate the turnout and being able to to celebrate together is special. But with me here, I have Robbie and Joyce Robinsons, one of the grandfathers of our church, the the extraordinary family of four who started this thing. And you guys were there in the beginning and we want to hear your story. So let me just say welcome. Hello, Hi. Robbie. Hello, Joyce. Hi. How are you guys today? Doing well. Very well, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being yeah. here. I know it just just life can get in the way sometimes. And it's very challenging. So being able to get up and about and out here in the building. When was the last time you were actually here on campus? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Because we were very, very conscious of uh, remaining safe. And sure. We, have, we've, we spent most church time on Sunday mornings watching uh, the sermon. And that's perfectly fine. Yes. You know, we've yeah. had as a worship team and worship ministry, I'm a part of those conversations and we appreciate the people who are participating and engaging yeah. online. So mm-hmm. thank you for yes, that participation. Now to get a chance to see yeah. your lovely faces <laughs> right. and, and, and have you to kind of share some of your stories with this, you know, so I'll be honest with you. I don't know you guys very well and I want to have the listeners get to know you just like I'm about to get to know you. So Tell me a little about yourselves. First of all, where are you guys originally from? We're both originally from Winchester. You are Winchester we Townies. Are, yes, we are. Yes. Yes, we are. Wow. We both. So then what school did you go to growing up? Uh, well, we w- attended the Winchester Public Schools, John Kerr and, uh, and then Hanley. Okay. And I started fourth grade at Hanley and went all the way through the 12th grade. And then I started teaching at Hanley and went all the way through 29 more years, I think. So wow. I spent a lot of my life there. Wow. Yes. And so, so, Robbie, you were a townie well, also? Yeah, I was started with this class in the city schools. We moved to Stevens City on the farm. Okay. But my folks were willing to leave me with that group, so they paid tuition. wasn't quite as high as it is today. I think it was 100 bucks a year. 100 bucks a year. <laughs> but the salaries weren't that high in those days. Yeah, right. So, interesting. I really enjoyed the, the time at Hanley and enjoyed being out in the country, too. Little yep. elbow room. Well, things have grown since then. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Stephen City probably doesn't look the same. Oh, no. No, town doesn't look the same. So mm. how did you guys meet then? It, have you, did you know each other even growing up through no. those years, or did you meet at Hanley? Or? At Hanley. Okay. We, 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 I knew of him. He's much older than I am. I was going to say, she no. has, I'm a, she's much younger, which is true. He was a senior when I was in ninth grade? Yeah. A ninth grader. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. But, but I knew of him. He was a football player and, you know, all those things, so. The famous uh, star of this uh, of well, school. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. But anyway. They timed me it was with the a calendar instead of a watch. <laughs> it was a small school, so we knew everybody. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely. And, and then just give me a quick little, I mean, it doesn't be a long story, but how did you guys come to get engaged? And and what year did you guys get married in? Well, we... 6863. I was told to remember that date. Okay. You got to remember the date. <laughs> Yes. Well, we started dating, actually, when he had been through tech and went to Georgia to vet school, hmm. uh, veterinary school. And um, I um, was at Longwood. Uh, well, I guess I was home for a year, for a senior. And then I went to Longwood and um, 
we got married after my junior year okay. in high school. Okay. And I stayed back here in Winchester, and he went or back. I was doing my student teaching in Richmond for a semester, and and then I went down there in January. Got it. So, yeah. And then really settled in here. So, and then we got came back and settled here. Yeah, we've been here most of our lives. Neat. Mm-hmm. So just switching a little bit gears, but you know, give me your your spiritual journey. How did you guys come to faith, and uh, and what does that look like leading up to the time you guys got married? I'll let you talk. Uh, um, <clears throat> it, I think it was just through a situation of a friend of mine had committed suicide, hmm. and, and it came uh, a very difficult uh, time of trying to understand that. Um, and, and during this process, I think the Lord was drawing me to Himself. Hmm. Uh, when I was younger, um, my mother took me to church at the Cork Street Christian Church here in town. And she was very faithful, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, taking me weekly. Um, and I think uh, as I look on my life, uh, many of the good things that have happened, I think are a result of her prayer. Mm-hmm. The interesting part was that Daddy was very loving to me and fair, but I'm not sure of his status as far as salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would not, he did not go with us. And it took, I think, a lot of courage on her part, and I really... I'm grateful for that, that she took me weekly and, uh, hmm. and, and the results of that. How old were you then when all that happened? Um, in the formative years, and up 12 to wow. 15. Um, and we, we had moved out to Stephen City when, when I was nine. I was in the fourth grade. Hmm. Um, but I think it was just a matter of, of slowly coming to the Lord, understanding what he'd done for us, and then I think that incident with the, the uh, suicide uh, that happened sort of solidified. Yeah, especially as it's, a, like you said, formative years as a teenager, seeing something yeah, like that happen yeah. uh, mm-hmm. makes Never you think with an eternal perspective a little bit. Never have been able to to understand that, but right. that's folks, they're hurting. Yeah, yeah. Well, God uses things to, to still glorify Him. Yes. And here you are, years and years later, mm-hmm. professing and sharing your love for God and how that drew you to him yes. is, is uh, encouraging. All things work together for good. Yeah, absolutely. Joyce, how about you? What, what drew you well, to um, God? I, my uh, maiden name is Lake, and uh, my dad's family were very active uh, in the first, starting the uh, Highline Memorial Presbyterian Church. So as a child, if I attended, my family did not attend church. But if I did, I went to the Presbyterian Church there, and I remember going to vacation Bible school and things like that. Um, and then um, I think I just realized that I I needed more. There was a uh, at Cork Street Christian Church. There was a um, I used to go there with a girlfriend, and there was a, a Sunday school teacher who would call me and uh, encourage me to come the next Sunday. And on my own, you know, I was getting up from. So I have to. Um, say a lot of that was to get me into the church was a lot of his um, prompting and um, and a lot of his help hmm. and then uh, I think in growing up there were a lot of things that I didn't want and uh, and especially in a marriage so um, we and I thought that it needed to be Christ-based yeah so um, when we were married we both uh, we, we were married in the first Presbyterian Church okay. and attended church there 
both of us. So lead me up to this point of where we're going to go here and talk about Fellowship Bible Church. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I have some understandings and the listeners hopefully have over these last few weeks heard of kind of the, the foundation of where that came from starting in 1979 and 1980 leading to that point. Where were you guys as a couple and, and what led you to that point of saying, you know, there's still something missing in my church life? Mm-hmm. What what was going on then spurring in your hearts to then think we need something different? Just to experience, we would go regularly to church and, and Sunday school. Um, but there there seemed to be some questions, maybe in terms of scripture, whether that's being taught hmm. consistently and, and uh, forthwith. Um, I guess the, the straw in, in all this story that knocked the camel down <clears throat> was a sermon in which the minister, and this is at the Presbyterian Church, um, said that Christ was a way to God, but wasn't the way. Hmm. It got people stirred up a bit. Some of our Bibles A way, but not the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. So I think that prompted some discussion, and, and that just developed as the Lord led us. Hmm. So how did you come to meet some of the other couples? Give me their names, and, and how did you guys merge together? They were in the Sunday school class that Robbie was teaching. Okay. The, the Tellips yep. and the Richardsons. Okay. And um, uh, we had enjoyed being with each other and uh, talk, talking with each other. Um, and Arlen and Marion Sarian were at the Baptist Church. Okay. And they had been thinking of trying to start um, a scriptural-based church. And so when this happened... And we all heard it that Sunday, the, the three of us who were at the Presbyterian mm. Church, we heard it. Mm. Um, and it, uh, we were just sort of stunned. And then uh, we just started talking to the Syrians and wanting a little more mm. for us. So what, I mean, what I hear you say and what I've heard others say, just the, the direct teaching of Scripture. Yes. And mm-hmm. to have the Word of God be the first and foremost thing that we're learning from and teaching and Mm -hmm. and following, Mm -hmm. I think is critical. Hence the name Fellowship Bible Church, which which brings me to kind of the story that we heard Margaret Richardson share a little bit about this, but she said that all eight of you as four couples jumped in a car and went somewhere to Northern Virginia to listen to this guy named Don Meredith. Mm -hmm. Now he's not the football player, right? But he had something that was, that you guys heard about that spurred you to say, there's something here about a church concept. Tell me about what that really looked like. Can you remember those days? I was not on that initial trip because I was home with our three sons. So I will let him. There uh, you go. Robbie gets to tell the story. Yeah, he gets to tell that one. (laughs) I get to tell the story from the back end of Charlie's car. Yes. Uh, We didn't have room for everybody, so I got the large seat okay. in the back. You got the large seat in the back wagon. of the car. That's right. <laughs> um, we went to listen to Don Meredith, who was Sally Meredith's husband. He uh, was with Gene Getz when they formed Fellowship Bible Church in Dallas, Plano, Texas. Uh, they had then moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, and he was in charge of the Family Life Ministry, which Dennis Rainey uh, took over from him. When we uh, had met him and, and talked to him in the McLean he was in Washington area uh, ministering to Congress. Hmm. And the reason we were able to meet with him was that his wife Sally spoke uh, here with the Christian Women's Club 
and Marion Syrian was a, a part of that. And okay. Talked to Sally about what was happening here, and she suggested maybe Don come, and so that, that worked that meeting out. Hmm. Very interesting in terms of what he laid out as the basic premises of the Fellowship Bible Church, wherever it went. I've got so that is an interesting segue because I, I saw earlier today, which you guys just saw. There is the exhibit that hopefully you guys at home or listening can see the Fellowship Bible Church timeline on the wall. And there's something there that are the distinctives mm-hmm. of a church. Yes. Walk. Do you guys remember what those are? I mean, you, I'm not exactly you asking you to mm-hmm. quote them, but what 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 about these distinctives of a church really resonated with you? Multiple leadership. Multiple leadership. Hmm. Um, learning center where the children uh, they, they encouraged um, a lot of innovative ways of teaching kids something that they would remember uh, the story hmm. of, of what happened in Scripture and played out maybe sometimes or mm-hmm. just the, the time they would have to, to get, delve into to, to what the story is about, how it applied to today. Yeah. Uh, and the, the others. Do you guys, I, I just got to ask about your family. Do you guys have children? We have Three sons. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and how old were they, and where were they in this process of starting a church? Let's see. Zadie, David was 15, Daniel 12, and Robbie 9. They're mm. three years apart. Mm-hmm. What, what did it look like as parents of children of that age to say, we need to get a little deeper in God's mm-hmm. Word? It, it was a little, it was a concern of mine that um, I've, we wanted them to be involved in the church, definitely. And there at that time was no youth group. You know, I mean, we, um, rather than Sunday school teacher, I mean, they did have the, the Sunday school, but uh, there wasn't a strong youth group, which is what so many mm. uh, at that age get drawn into the church with. So that was a concern. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was just such a family atmosphere including the, the children all of them that um they i don't think they miss that so much do you mm. i think uh you know all the adults took part in being with the children hmm. if if you you know yeah. um in being concerned and and showing love and teaching um so and that was really special i think well just happens I have a, a digital copy here of the distinctives, and I'll, I'll read them off oh, to you. All right. And I'll, I'll see, I'll, I'll okay, see kind of if we're on the right path here. And the first one, the word was philosophy, but that really is essentially talking about the Word of God, mm-hmm. teaching the Word of God. The second was multiple, multi leadership, yes. just like what you said, Robbie, where there's you know elders and pastors, not just a singular person. Right. The third, covenant relationships. Um, mm-hmm. The fourth, learning center like you just mentioned, the fifth discipleship, the sixth mini church. Yes. Yeah. So that was the old name. Now it's that's the old name. That's community groups. Mm-hmm. And then the seventh fellowship and sharing and the eighth visionary leadership. So that I'm sure you can really expand on that, but I want to, I want to hone in on what you guys kind of lit up on mm-hmm. mini church and yes. tell me about the life of FBC there in the 80s. Once you guys kind of kick-started this and you, you, you brought Harry Adams on as a pastor and you had the multiple leaders going on, how 
how did you see God work in your lives as a family and as a church, um, especially throughout the course of the week? And I'll, I'll hone out in many churches, so I'm curious on kind of what, what that looked like for you guys then. We would meet weekly. Um, um, we ate a meal once a month. It just gave a chance <clears throat> to get to know people a little more personally. Uh, in a larger setting and the worship service in the church, you don't really get to know folks mm-hmm. that well. But it, it brought us together, uh, expressed our needs that, with prayer time, and we had to support each other. Uh, gave us an opportunity to to really understand what people were facing every day in life. And I think as the church grew, uh, the uh, common theme was uh, the larger you get the smaller you need to be hmm. meaning a breakdown in the smaller groups so that you do share and get to know somebody not just somebody across the room you say hi to uh, sometimes you don't know who's sitting in the two rows in front of you if right. you get very large but it just gave a more personal impact in each other's lives I thought hmm. how about you Joyce what did um, kind of meeting during well, the course of the week I, look like I found that uh, you really develop strong relationships, and um, you uh, you could. And there were many times that I would call somebody in the, the many many church and just say, "I need prayer for this," or you know, it's just somebody that you knew would. Um, and we stressed confidentiality, I think, too, mm-hmm. also. That, but that they cared about you, would pray for you, and uh, I just felt very comfortable with with that group. But we changed groups uh, several times. Yeah. But there were some that, and we remained friends with uh, those people. Very strong friendships. So walk still. me through the years. You know, so the as the church grew, oh, what did your involvement look like? I'm just curious. To kind of what what hats did you guys wear as being mm-hmm. leaders of the early days of FBC? And uh, I, I'm curious. I mean, because you think of our church now and the size and all the things that are happening. How did you carry that torch, if you will, mm-hmm. of doing the work of the ministry? We taught Sunday school or learning center. You taught Sunday school, okay? Fifth and sixth grade was it? Yeah. It, <laughs> and he was an, you were an elder. I mean, yeah, right, right. Yeah. for many years. Um, that was a challenge at times. Uh huh. I mean, uh, um, the church was. Well, I had a couple of stories. Robbie Gale, our youngest son. Um, and, and speaking of them, they're grown men now, but we'd still call them our boys. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, he, he gave a couple of examples in terms of smallness at the start. The, the whole youth group uh, went to King's Dominion with Ed and Nancy Strassnader, drove them, and there, there were two or three. That yeah, was probably the whole youth group. Uh-huh. They all fit in one car. All fit in one car. There you go. <laughs> the and then for group. Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday, the whole church met with the Richardsons in their living room. And everybody fit in there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Dish. Yeah. yeah. So that was the size and the smallness of the church. You know? yeah. 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 But it was, uh, I think, it, as Joyce said, there's intimate relationships developed. Mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. You move very, very close to people. I know our many church was praying for Daniel, our middle son, and his wife, Jill, had triplets. Mm. And uh, before they arrived, we, we prayed for him. And it, the Lord really was good to them. They did not suffer any developmental problems. That's preemies. They were born at 26 weeks. Wow. Um, and our oldest granddaughter is a nurse, and she worked at the NICU. 
uh, units in some of her nursing, and she she saw a lot of the problems that can come with preemies, and and they did not show any evidence of that, and will be entering college this fall. Mm. Uh, so mm. they they really were uh, the Lord blessed us yeah. through that, and it was a part of the, I think the, the prayer aspect of the mini church. Yeah, the, the mini church, uh, all of everybody in there prayed for these children, these babies, and I to this day some of them I feel, think feel a little ownership, you know that. Uh, they have yeah. grown, and uh, it, it was just a miracle. Yeah. And I, I firmly believe, I mean, we prayed and prayed for those babies. Hmm. And, uh, well, it's just a testament to the faithfulness of God. Oh, yes. And, and the, yes. you know, the years of mm-hmm. just looking back yes. on story upon story of what has God done mm-hmm. in your life, in my life, in mm-hmm. the life of the church, and to say, God is faithful, you know? Yes. And, and the results on the world's perspectives could be like, oh, that doesn't look good. You know, your health is not great or, you know, there's COVID happening here. But how has God been faithful throughout Mm -hmm. the ages, especially here in the life of the church? Right, yes. And and you guys have seen that, you know. So we we did, uh, you know, we did many things earlier in the church as we were needed. Uh, You know, I I remember serving coffee between uh, the, I guess the, uh, the Sunday school or uh, learning, learning center. center and the actual church service. You know, I did things like that. I uh, just vacation Bible school, all of the things you're needed for. We just stepped in and did where and worked where we needed to be, hmm. where we were needed. Uh, but then as other people came, um, I, I also stepped back too. Yeah. You know, I let other people. Feel. And I think the more involved right. new people get, the the more they're going to be a part of the church. That has been a constant theme over these last few weeks that I've been hearing stories from people. And we've been talking and that call to serve and being involved yes. is something that um, Charlie and Margaret really touched on was just kind of that commitment to be unified and the commitment to serve and just care for others mm-hmm. and to have mm-hmm. love for other people. I mean, story upon story for them, for example, is somebody said, yeah, I, I stuck here at FBC because they they picked me out and invited me to lunch. Yes. Yeah. That was Charlie it. Often yeah, that. We did. And that, that was, was a big thing. That is a thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So just tell me, give me an example of kind of where where did you see kind of that the growth of the church happen and maybe it's not a specific year but kind of mm-hmm. what do you think was the guiding force i mean besides charlie and margaret taking people out to lunch <laughs> yeah. you know of of kind of this this growth that happened because you hear there you were in the early 80s but then in the 90s and early 2000s it just things exploded kind of mm-hmm. what what did you see god do during those years in the I life think, of fbc i think prayer was vital to us when we started talking with other folks and groups, and all uh, we were meeting uh, five days a week at, at Charlie's mm. house uh, in the morning, Monday through Friday, and uh, we did that before we officially got together, and have continued that. And Joyce was saying the other day, it's been 40 years. Yeah, wow. But uh, man could not orchestrate all of what's happened. Right. It's, it's pretty clear. It right. doesn't take a lot of thought to see that it's just it hits you in the face and i think it's a result of just putting things before him in prayer and he's very faithful that is don't always give you the answer that you think you want and if we had the the uh, ability to write our script for this play of called life uh, we'd probably write it differently and it wouldn't be as good yep he knows the end from the beginning and he takes good care of his children amen 
You know, I'm thinking of another document that I saw in our FBC timeline Mm -hmm. there in the the fireside room. There is a a statement or a letter from the elders, I believe, in the late 80s that said, what was their vision? What did they want FBC to look like in 2020? Do you you, you remember that at all? Okay. The vision and goal was they wanted their attendance to be 360 people. And 360 they, people. I, I, don't quote me on the exact numbers, <laughs> but check this reference for yourself. It was it's it's amazing because you said man cannot orchestrate this. This is a working of God and how He has grown His body and His church, and found on those distinctives, if you want to mm-hmm. call it that, that are biblically based, yes. that are teaching the Word and allowing people to do the work of the ministry. And you guys are definitely a hand in that. Um, one quick story before we really kind of wrap it up. I'm curious. I didn't prep you on this, but were you a part of the interview process for Mark Carey? What did that look like back when you were looking to replace Harry Adams? And then what did that process? Because this is his 30th anniversary, too. Yes. So we can roast him because he's not oh, here. <laughs> so feel free to, to share all of your stories and dirt on what that process looked like. I'm curious. It was very different for me. But, but looking at it, uh, there are many strong points he had. The, the story was uh, he had conducted more funerals than, uh, than weddings, I guess. In, in Nebraska? Yes. Church. It was a small community. But there were a lot of older folks that were in it. Uh, but it, uh, it just seemed to fit um, what we needed, hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you never know uh, totally someone until you've been around in a while. But uh, from what reports we got, it was was very interesting. Oh, I know that's a God thing too, because mm-hmm. I think we've heard the story of him sitting there and I think maybe a coffee shop or something like that. And he's like, "Do I really want to go to Virginia?" And then he sees the U-Haul truck that says, "You know, moving or you know, on your way to Virginia," and it drives by. And that's my my that's, paraphrased version yeah. of his story, oh, but I've heard that multiple yeah. times. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. absolutely, it is is a thing of God. Who, who brings about his church. Just as a final thought, I'm curious of what advice, what what hope would you have for the future here of FBC? You know, we've looked on these last 40 years and you can consider that to be a generation. What is What can we anticipate God doing in the next generation? And how do we pass this torch on? What would you, what would your hopes be for the listeners and for the FBCers out there um, for these next 40? That we'd be teachable. Hmm. I think and the Lord has, has a lot to teach us, and I think we need to remain open to that. Um, I heard a saying that seems to rattle around in my head, the important things in life are what you learn after you think you know it all. Hmm. So we need to be open to Him in, in terms of walking with Him. Uh, and I think lately it's come to me as the important part of the challenges I face is not understanding his trust. Hmm. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. Uh, put things before him and listen to what he has to say. He doesn't shout in most cases. It's, you know, it's the verse, I think, in Psalm 46.10 is, Be still and know that I'm the Lord. Yeah. We can make a lot of noise and think we're doing great things, but uh, if we're not listening to him, it's not going to work. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. Joyce, how about you? Well, I hesitate to say since we only wanted 360, so I, you know I don't want, to put, don't want to put God in a box or anything. But um, you know I, I hope we never um, 
forget to love each other and and to care for each other. Mm. I think I, I think people um, when they know other people care about them, um, I think that makes a lot of difference of people staying in the church and the church growing. Um, just uh, being there and not expecting just the leaders to do that yeah. work. Right. You know that we all could care for each other. I think you. I think you need a church where you can build relationships mm. and, and opportunities to do that. And allow, like like you said, you stepped back. You know, just to kind of say, others can carry this mm-hmm. torch and this mm-hmm. burden of the ministry, and that is a great example to to leave to say, okay. It's not just the paid staff people who are doing, mm-hmm. who need to be doing the work, right. who I need to rely on, who are, you know, capable of, you know, shepherding a young couple in the family, whatever it might be. We all are part of this together. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. from the cleaning of the bathrooms to the setting up of chairs to the discipling uh, and counseling yeah. somebody who needs it to you name it. I mean, and we've probably done all that in our time. Yeah. But as as it was needed, as we were needed. And I think that uh, the major thing is that we've had wonderful ministers. Hmm. Just uh, great teachers. Very, yeah, great teachers. Well, let that be our prayer that the the next forty is yes. consistent of mm-hmm. being teachable mm-hmm. and then being taught the Word of God yes. and yes. and sharing and caring that with others mm-hmm. around us. It's yes. a it's a great summary. I think the statement also is people don't care how much you know they want to know how much you care hmm. that's what impacts them mm-hmm. and you can still do that today with covid i mean you might not be grabbing somebody and taking them out yeah. to lunch mm-hmm. but there's phone calls there's texting oh, yeah. there's social media there's all mm-hmm. kinds of ways you can stay connected with people and show that you care and yeah. reach out and minister to them mm-hmm. and now more than ever right <laughs> well it's right. it's just interesting and neat how the lord's allowed us to understand technology and how to use it in times when it's the real need to yeah to use it absolutely Joyce has brought me into the 21st century okay <laughs> i reside in the 17th century tell people don't believe there's no more dinosaurs around because <laughs> well i love it when we're reaching out all of a sudden like you started texting me joyce that's great oh yeah absolutely well, absolutely yeah well, i don't get in and mess things up <laughs> the business department so yeah maybe he hasn't learned because he doesn't have to that might be the difference uh, hey that, that there's wisdom in that too right <laughs> yes well <laughs> once again it. thank you guys so much for being here and being just willing to share your story but more importantly being willing to be used by god over these last 40 years to be a part of fbc and um you know your testament to god's faithfulness yourselves of of being a part of that you know so thank you guys listening and watching and remember you can always go to our website fbcva.life for all the details look at the podcast and the notes and just submit your thoughts on social media we'd love to continue to engage in this conversation of the 40 and what the next 40 look like if you have not gotten a chance to see the fbc timeline exhibit come on um come on out just uh, pop your head in and just take a look at some of the things that god has been doing over these last 40 years and then what we can anticipate for him to come again um so thanks for watching and listening and until we chat again let christ be the focus of your life each and every day